and welcome to Soberholic Podcast. This show is designed to address topics that will encourage, equip, and inspire you to explore life's most difficult topics and overcome your biggest challenges. Today, your hosts, Roger and Jason, will share from their own experience how you can find hope and healing in recovery. Welcome back, Soberholics. Um, we've got another show in store for you today. You know, um, if you're new to the show, kind of what we always do is we talk about a recovery topic, or sometimes we talk about a recovery testimony. And if, um, as, as I said, if you're new and you've never heard us, then, and you've got a recovery story, we would love to hear that. And we get those by you submitting those to us at soberholicpodcast at gmail.com. And we would love to hear it. I mean, our stories, they share hope. And that's what being a soberholic is all about, right? That's it. Well, today we're going to be talking about humility, right? Yeah. So this is like when we started talking about this off air, I said, all right, I'm all for it. It's a great topic. It's something we have to have in recovery, but it's something that I feel like I struggle at, to be honest with you. So are you humble? Um, I would say don't, no. don't, yeah, say no. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Cause yeah. you can't, it's one of those things. Like if you say, and I've heard people say this before, like I'm really good. I actually heard somebody say in a meeting one time, I'm really good at being humble. And I was like, wait a minute. You can't I, say that and I, be humble. I think you just negated your humility by saying that. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's a weird it's a weird concept, especially, you know, um, like, cause you know, like part of recovery is, is trying to build your self-confidence up because you don't have any self-esteem when you first come in or into recovery. And so it's difficult to build your self-esteem and build your self-confidence and confidence in yourself and your recovery without going too far and then becoming arrogant. And so it's 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 about the balance thing, and we've talked about that in, in a lot of different areas of recovery. That's important to have balance, but this one is really difficult to do. And you know, I, I've I'm not good at it. Um, Are you saying that because you have to say that right now to be semi humble, to be an expert on humility? No, I mean, if you if you were inside my mind, you would be like, he's not humble. No. If you were in my mind, there'd be a lot of room to to move around. <laughs> <laughs> and some echo in there. Yeah, there's a lot of echo. <laughs> He's not humble. Yeah. Humble. humble. But, uh, so what we got, what are we talking about? So yeah, so let's let's get a definition of what humility is first. So humility is this is my favorite definition I found on the interwebs. Freedom is it's freedom from pride or arrogance the quality or state of being humble i hate it when you see some that are like what is humility it's like it's being humble i'm like well okay yeah we know that thank you but i like the part where it says freedom from pride or arrogance Hmm. um another one is being humble means that an individual is able to accept their own limitations and weaknesses oh that's good yeah because the way i've always heard it is more so like uh, thinking less of yourself or really, I don't really like that definition of thinking less of yourself because I think like you talk about coming in with a low self-worth or self-esteem, I think it's more about thinking less about yourself would be a better way of saying that. 
It's not thinking less of yourself. It's thinking of yourself less. Right. There we go. There you go. Albert Einstein. That's his quote, isn't it? I didn't know. No, I'm just kidding. That's just you all. Every quote. Everything goes to Albert Einstein. Every quote you see on the internet, Mm -hmm. like insanity is doing the same thing over and over again. Albert Einstein. Like, no, it's not. But okay, (laughs) good one. So yeah, we have you know it's it's admitting that you are, are you know are not you know perfect. You know, I think it's admitting that you have faults and you have weaknesses. I mean, if you just boil it down to a very simple definition. So in recovery, you know, we have to have some type of humility from the very beginning to even admit that we have a problem, right? So that brings us to the first step. Um, And we're going to kind of go through all the steps and talk about how you need humility all along the journey of recovery. So in steps one, step one, you need humility just to admit, you know, that you that you have a problem and that you're powerless and that your life is unmanageable. You can't you can't go into that step cocky and arrogant. Like how how could you? Yeah, as long as I think I can fix the problem, then there's no humility there right. because I'm still in control of it. Yeah, just just the nature of saying I, I'm powerless over something, I can't control this is an act of humility in and of itself. And so you have to begin with, you know, that that state where you're saying, all right, I don't know. You know, I can't control this anymore. Somebody else needs to show me, you know, how to do this. And so um, I think a lot, a lot of humility in regards to recovery relates to is being teachable. You know, because you're not, nobody can be teachable if they're prideful, if they think they know it all. So, um, I think that's where we see it in step one and step two, you know, we came to, uh, we came to believe that a, a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. So there you're still, there's humility, you know, um, you're saying that I can't do it. I'm powerless over this in the first step. And then in the second step, you're saying, there is one who does have the power, you know, to, to give me freedom for this and to, and to restore me. And that one is not me because I'm not God. It's God. Yeah. Cause that's kind of like, um, I, I guess just kind of restating in a different way is that when I made the decision that I couldn't fix myself then, and only then for me, the door was open to say, then I've got to look outside myself for a solution here. Mm-hmm. Until I was humble enough to say that I couldn't fix it, I was always searching within me another way to muster up enough courage, enough energy, enough regret from the past or uh, future regret. I don't want to do this to my children or my wife again to say that I'm not going to do it. Well, experience had proven to me time and time again I couldn't fix it. So if I couldn't, I had to look outside myself. And that's where I, I just kind of believe that at that point, I didn't know what could, but, um, you know, that opened my eyes to the, the opportunity or the possibility rather that God could possibly fix me. Yeah. And what's crazy is like, whenever I work with newcomers now, I'm like, just get it. That part, you know, like where they're still trying to control it. They still think that they can think their way out of it. Like I thought the same thing. And I'm like, why don't, why don't, when are they going to see this? What, why, why can't they just get it? You know, I get, you know, you kind of get frustrated when you're working with newcomers sometimes because you want them to see that, that they can't fix this. Mm -hmm. But then I have to remember that 
it took me almost killing myself with drugs and alcohol before I got it. You know, um, it was not it was not an easy or quick process for me to come to this understanding, and it's different for everybody. You know, well, you know, as a Christian and even as a minister today. My step two was different than I guess some, but not everyone, because I've heard this many times before, that when I got to step two, it opened that door for me to look at possibilities. And I'm not real sure where my salvation story began, whether it was a rehab bed, because sometimes I'll say it started there. And sometimes I'll, I'll tell you it happened a little later. It happened somewhere in that period. I don't know the exact day. I just know where I'm at today mm-hmm. as a follower of Christ. But when I came to that step two and that door was open to believe outside of myself, I really wasn't believing that Jesus could fix me. Right. I just believed that you guys believed that something could fix you. And, and your evidence to me that it was working in your life. Mm. And so that was the little bit of faith and the hope that I, I trusted it step two. Yeah, oh yeah. You know, it changed when I got a little further, and I'll talk about that in a minute. But I know at that point, what's that uh, the acronym I hear sometimes? God, good orderly direction. Good orderly direction. And yeah. I was just willing to humble myself enough to my sponsor to say, okay, what do I need to do? And as you said earlier, to be teachable. Yeah, yeah. Like, I don't know, so – you seem to know something here, right. so like we'll we'll go with that. Yeah, sometimes just just cracking that door open just just a little bit with your willingness um, and being humble enough to 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 go into recovery with an open mind. You know that that there's there's a better way, and that better way is not what I've been doing in the past. So, yeah, and then with step three, you're actually deciding, hey, I'm going to turn over my will and my life to the care of God. And with that, of course, you know, giving over control of your will and your life, that certainly takes humility. Um, you know, because you're, you're, you're saying that I know I'm powerless. I know that there's, there's a God who can help me, and then now I'm actually going to, let him do it. I'm giving him the reins. You know, I'm I'm moving out of the being God is my co-pilot. You know, I'm gonna take the God is my co-pilot sticker off my bumper. You see those I've all seen the time. Many of those, yeah. And I'm gonna let him be the pilot. Um, I'll, whenever I see one of those, I'm like, I just want to be in the trunk with the luggage. <laughs> I don't even want to know what's going on. But uh, but anyway, so yeah, you're actually letting him have the reins in your life and making him lord of your life. And, bo- and the boss of your life, and that is uh, a humbling experience. But it's it's an ongoing experience. It's something I still have to do. It's not one thing. Like, to me, step three is something that I'm always continually doing. I'm not just, it's not a one-time decision where I, I say the, the third step prayer all the time. Um, and uh, it, it's, it's great um, prayer. Um, I really like the part where it talks about, uh, you know, remove me remove the bondage of self you know it's it's like it's a prayer that talks about get you know just get me out of the way and take away my difficulties so i can better serve others um because i think a lot of the the opposite of humility is is pride and arrogance and that comes from being self-centered and selfishness and so when we remove self-centered and selfishness that allows us to have more of a humble attitude. Yeah, that third step prayer, um, the first time I did it was out of the AA literature with my sponsor, and I remember doing it. 
and it was it wasn't like for me at that point in my recovery it wasn't a relational type of prayer that i was praying to christ right although i was praying it to jesus i was still working through a lot of resentment i had against sure. god because i had not done the rest of the steps yet mm-hmm. and so for me that third step prayer was really just a formality a checklist i needed to do this third step prayer to get it off my list to move on to step four there wasn't a whole lot of eye-opening experiences for me but the humbleness came when I was just willing to, to, I remember getting on, I remember exactly where I was at when this happened, but my sponsor who was in his sixties at that time, I got sober in my late twenties. And so he was a lot older than me. And I, I remember him saying, no, we're going to get down on our knees and pray this oh, yeah. prayer. <laughs> and I was like, wow. Cause I, I, I didn't even get on my knees in church when I visited a few times right, to pray. Yeah. And I'm like, really? We, we're in an AA meeting. He said, no, we're going to get on our knees and pray this because we're going to meet it. And the, even that act of getting on my knees was, was a, an act of humility, yep. you know? And I remember him telling me, you better get you some knee pads, son, cause you go need them cause you go be on your knees a lot. Ooh, and I was good. like, wow, you know, um, and that's how he taught me to pray was to get on my knees every morning and every evening. That wasn't just words. He said, I mean it, get oh, on yeah. your knees and pray. Yeah. And that was a way of bringing me down to humble myself. Yeah. Um, I have a similar story. Last time I worked the step three, when I was in new Orleans, when my sponsor there, we were at a coffee shop on magazine street which is a popular street in new Orleans. And we're outside on the tables doing this. And he's like, all right, let's say the third step prayer. He starts, he goes and gets down on the ground on his knees. And I was like, Oh, Oh, we're doing this here like, right, <laughs> right now. Right, right now. huh? <laughs> and I'm, I'm like in, in seminary at the time. And even I was like, Oh, like there's people around, you know, like they're going to see us praying. Like we're that's what I thought in my here, mind, right? you know, but he was like, all right, here we go. And so we we got on our knees so right good. there on the on the sidewalk, and I was like, "Man, he's about this, huh?" Yeah. You know. And so it was it was it was good to uh, to be able to do that, and you know, he didn't care. The coolest part of that, though, for me looking back at it now, because I'm different now than I was then, is that just like he was then leading me in that prayer. He understood where his recovery came from. It right. wasn't from him. God had given him that. Yeah. And that's the reason he didn't care about getting on his knees. Yeah. And that's the reason your sponsor didn't care to mm-hmm. do it in front of everybody because yep. he was grateful for that. Yeah. So, yeah, and then the next part is uh, with steps four and five, um, we see humility is an, is an accurate self-appraisal. So it's So we use humility to – take inventory of ourselves and and you you know if you've listened to this podcast or familiar with the steps at all you know steps four and five are where we're mainly taking our inventory at and uh you know it's it's really a humbling experience and a lot of people see step four and five as kind of the boogeyman you know of of the recovery steps of the 12 steps but it doesn't have to be and uh a lot of a lot of people kind of do the three-step shuffle they'll do the first three and then they'll kind of they'll call it kind of him haul around on the fourth and then and then they're out you know because this is where you really have to take a, a real honest look at yourself which takes humility because you you again going back to the definition you're having to admit weaknesses and faults and so it can be really hard to to look in the mirror in a sobering way and look at the past, all the past wreckage that you've gone through, all the past relationships that you've caused 
you know, significant pain in and, and, and maybe even destroyed a relationship with different people and caused people harm, it, it's really, it's difficult to look at those things, but it's necessary. But going back to your definition from the very beginning, I forget it, what it was exactly, but it talked about taking a survey of the good and the bad, I think is how you said that. Um, good and bad traits, maybe, or, or at least we talked about that. I thought it was the second definition you had given. But, um, you know, that's what some of the Celebrate Recovery material was new to me when I started working it. You know, you take the good stuff as well. Yeah, oh, yeah. Which wasn't yeah. as much um, of a list as my bad stuff. But there's one cool thing that I found for me through that inventory process that brought humility to me because I was still very arrogant then, and I, I was very much the victim. And I wanted to blame everybody else for the problems that happened in my life. That was a, a great equalizer there for me. And his name was Buddy Armstrong. <laughs> he was my sponsor. And, um, you know, I say was because he's dead now. But he um, he spoke to me uh, very bluntly. And, right. and he called me out on those things. And I, I didn't walk into my fourth and fifth step just with a pocket full of humility going, oh, well, here's where my problems are, and I shouldn't have oh, done no. that. You know, it yeah. took that guy to tell me, no, dude, this is this is you. Yeah. You, you did this. And um, it, it humbled me. I didn't humble myself. He humbled me. Yeah, and I don't I don't think you can you can successfully work a fourth or fifth step or any of the steps without the help of a sponsor um, because if it was just up to me, to just self-appraise and take inventory of myself with nobody there to say, well, I don't know. What about this? You know, um, I think you're overlooking this because we will naturally want to overlook all the bad things and all our bad characteristics because we're prideful and self-centered and we don't want to look at those things. And so I think that's, that's a key point on that is you, you need somebody there working and guiding you through those steps to get a, an accurate picture of what of where you are and what your inventory and um and where you are in your recovery and all those things that's definitely that's definitely good so going on to the next part steps um 6 7 8 and 9 so in 6 and 7 we're 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 admitting that we're we have faults um what is step 6 I'm putting you on the spot on the spot quiz that's where we find our character defects. Is that where we're willing to give them over? Or is that seven? Seven's where we're willing to give them over. Yeah, seven is humbly ask God to remove these defects of character. What uh, is six? I, don't, I can't. I, it, it's the step that separates the men from the boys. No. Oh, that's what it says in some some literature. I, I can't quote that to you off the top of my head. I think it's because like six and seven are the one that most people don't just just dive off into. They're basically the same thing. There, I think it's like asking God to reveal to you uh, your shortcomings. Your shortcomings, yeah. We're looking it up. We should no, know you're, it. You're looking. Up. We should. I know can't it. just quote that one. I know that's the. I think that's like the only one um, that I can't quote. We were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character, and then step seven is humbly, humbly ask him uh, to remove these defects of character so anyway so with step six and seven you still need humble humble humility i was thinking of step seven because with step seven it actually says humbly ask god to remove all these defects of character and 
you know, to admit that you, because if you're working the steps by this time in your, in your recovery, you've probably, you know, started to experience some type of freedom. You, your self-esteem has probably come up a little bit, you know, getting through the fourth and the fifth step. Then you arrive at step six and seven. You're like, oh man, wait. So I, I can't just blissfully keep going and thinking right. like I'm perfect. You know, you, it, I, the whole, all the steps I, I think are good about keeping your ego down. You know, it keeps your ego in check. It keeps your pride in check. And so when you get to these steps, um, you know, humbly ask God to remove your, your character defects, your character flaws, you know, it, it's tough because it, it just keeps reminding you that, Hey, you have not arrived. You still have things to work on. And even in long-term, you know, recovery, you know, step six and seven is something you'll always be working on because as soon as a character defect that I'm working on, as soon as I feel like I've kind of gotten somewhere on it and I've made some ground on it, another one pops up, you know, and I have to work on that one. I guess for me, the way that I see that working out in my life or for the years that I've been in recovery anyway, maybe forever, is that there's always, let's just say there's five key defects I have in my life. Maybe it's pride, maybe it's busyness, whatever. Let's just talk about, you know, those five that you have in your life uh, of things you got going on. Well, you may identify number two is doing a lot of damage in your life. So you'll focus all your attention on trying to work two down and, and make it better. Well, then four gets to be bad again because yeah. you hadn't worked on it. Well, then you work on four for a while and then five pops up. And that's kind of the juggle, the shuffle I've done in recovery forever. None of them actually ever just go away. And so by working on them, it, it reminds me that I am human and that I just have a sinful nature. And that's a word that don't get tossed around a lot in recovery. That sinful nature is that I just, yeah, I struggle with things, you know, and that's probably the best way to say that I deal with some things. I, I do some stuff that I'm not proud of. I do things that hurt other people and I want to keep making those things better. And whenever I think that I've got it all together and it's all just you making problems for me, then I've quit being humble. Oh yeah. And I mean, I mean, and when I say character defects, I mean, I do mean my sinful nature mm -hmm. also, you right. know, I think it's synonymous with that for me anyway, but yeah, I mean, it, having a continual humble attitude that I make mistakes, I'm going to always make mistakes and I, and I'm, I'm never going to be perfect, but all I can do is just keep working on it, you know? Um, it's, it's important for me because I struggle with a little bit of perfectionism and I want to just reject that outright that I can't be perfect. Right. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a struggle that, that we'll, we'll always have, but yeah. we get to fight it. We get to struggle with it. We get to, to better ourselves, you know? Yeah. I, I know. I don't want to run this rabbit trail too far cause I know we, we don't have a lot longer in this episode, but I know if I'm looking at character defects, I'm talking about sinful natures and that is if I'm going to identify a character defect, then I have to have a measuring stick which to measure that by. For me, I'm putting that against the person of Jesus, you mm -hmm. know, to say, okay, well, he didn't do these things, but I do. And, and, you know, so there had to be a measuring point for me, and that's kind of how I judge things. If not, then I will see that, well, this is okay because – 
Well, you know, everybody else in my recovery group does it. Yeah. You know, I'm better than so and so. Yeah. That can't work that right way. Now. Yeah. So, anyways. Oh, that, we could we could do a whole episode on that. Exactly. Yeah. But I, I I definitely see it. I mean, we agree. Oh to, yeah. That, on that the measuring sure. stick is Jesus and His Word. Right. Yeah. Which is a tall order. Very tall. Yeah. Very but humbling. He, yeah. But He empowers us to do it. Amen. So. And then with uh, steps eight and nine, step eight, where we made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. And then step nine, made direct amends to such people wherever it's possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. I see, I could have quoted those, man. Mm-hmm. I got you on the weirdest one, yeah. I know. <laughs> you put me on the spot a couple weeks ago. <laughs> I, I was just getting you back. <laughs> So anyway, so with step eight, you're making a list. I mean, there is some hum- humility in that. You're you're making a list. Hey, these are all the people that are wronged in my past. But man, step nine, when you're actually going to the people and you're saying, "Hey, what I did was what I did to you was wrong," and I'm asking for forgiveness in that. To me, that's really putting some action. That's that really takes humility to confront somebody face-to-face like that um, and admit that you're wrong to another person that you wronged. Man, I got chills all over me right now, even thinking about some of the amends that I made because those were some of the most freeing experiences that I have ever experienced. And I always go back to one. I'm not going to give you the whole details, but I'm, I made this amends with a, a family member, and in order to do that, I had to be very vulnerable. I had to admit that I had done some things wrong and I was opening myself up to get beat, you know, verbally or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I deserved every bit of it because of what I had done. And by telling on myself to this person, because I'm not sure that they they were a hundred percent sure that I had done it. Um, I, I told them. And so, their actions after that by forgiving me and going through the process of that was just, it was amazing. But Mm -hmm. looking at it now, I was very humbled in walking in there. It was almost like a doll with his tail stuck between its legs. You know, (laughs) I didn't know what to expect. I kind of thought that it was going to be just verbal lashings at me because it had happened in our past and none of that happened. Yeah. I guess maybe because I walked in with a different spirit about me. Yeah. Because you know? if you walked in there like, well, I, I did this because you did this. Yeah. I mean, and, 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 and we, I've, I've seen where if you go in there going, Hey, I'm sorry, but what you did, you know, and you can't bring up what they did to you because then it's almost like you're, you're having a prideful spirit because you're trying to point out where they were wrong. That's not the point of doing it. Um, but anyway, yeah, it takes real, real humility because you can't ask for somebody forgiveness for something, for a way that you've wronged them with a prideful spirit about you or with an arrogant spirit because they just won't receive it. It won't be received. It's kind of like, it's kind of like when your kids, you know, fight with each other and you're like, all right, you know, tell them you're sorry. They're like, I'm sorry. And then you're like, mean it now. Mean it this time. You can't make them mean it. <laughs> and they're like, I'm sorry. And it gets worse. People people know when you have a prideful spirit. And when somebody's asking you for forgiveness, I mean, you can tell if they really mean it or not. And I think having a, a humble spirit 
and, and not having that arrogance and, you know, really makes a difference. Well, how about this? Because of the way I received forgiveness from some of the things I've done, like what I mentioned, it humbled me enough to where I was willing to give forgiveness to people who had hurt me. And I released them from that. And it freed me from that. But I don't believe that I could have done that, me personally. Others may, but I could not have forgave some of the people that I have forgiven in my life had I not received it from some other people because they showed me how to to humble myself, to, oh, to yeah. be humble. And um, with, by looking from their perspective, I could kind of look at the, my offenders in a different perspective. Right, yeah. And then lastly, finishing up here, we got steps 10 through 12, the maintenance steps as they're called. And, you know, with step 10, you're taking inventory again. You're continuing that daily, that daily inventory where you, you have to stay in, in a spirit of humility to be able to, you know, accurately figure out, you know, hey, where did I, where was I wrong today? Who do I owe apology to? What did I do that was good? Um, something I've been doing. I've been doing this new journal um, the last last few weeks, and at the end of every day, it's it says what was what were my wins, you know. So I, I see that as hey, what did I do that was good today? And so I'll write my wins down. But then below that, it, it'll say, you know, what were the biggest lessons that I learned today? And so that's where I write. You know, hey, where where was I wrong? Where where could I have done better? Did I do I owe apology to? So I'm doing that in my journal every at the end of every day, and it's been been really helpful um, to just have an accurate picture of where I am. Um, so, and then in step eleven, you know, uh, through prayer and meditation, uh, improve our conscious contact. Improve with our God. conscious contact with God as we understand Him. Yeah. I always want to say through prayer and medication. <laughs> that, that didn't work very no. well. I don't know why. Well, it's a, it was a joke from the, from the meetings, but whenever I hear it, I always go through prayer and medication. No, no, not medication. <laughs> so, um, but anyway, yeah, thanks for the save on that one. Yep. It's like you know the steps, but when you're put on the spot, it's hard to, hard to say them. Right. I mean, it's just like those, because we read them every group, every um Every Tuesday night, Tuesday night at our group, we read a Bible verse and a step, and I can't repeat some of those. Sometimes I can, sometimes I can't. I but, know some of the Bible verses. Yeah, so yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm good sometimes, sometimes I'm not. Anyway, so anyway, so through that one, you know, through prayer and and meditation, it's, I think it's about trying to develop a a relationship with God, you know, that is ongoing. And so... I mean, like we talked about with prayer earlier, just the just the the act of prayer, you're you're humbling yourself before an almighty God. And and sometimes I pray on my knees and you know, that's a that's a physical sign of humility, but even more importantly is is having a a, a humble heart when you come to God. I talked to my sponsors and I'm sure I've told you this before, you know, that whole part of prayer meditation to to hear from God. Well, Praying is talking to God, and meditation is hearing from God. And if I'm going to have a relationship with God, those are two things I need to be doing every day. No different than me and you talking every day. Mm-hmm. If if we're going to get to know one another, then we got to talk, and that's what I, I see that as is is doing that. And uh, for, you know, I guess furthermore from that is there's 
in my recovery process, there's been a part where I've been willing to say, okay, Lord, I can't do this, and, and so I, I believe that you can, so I'm going to let you drive this ship. Mm-hmm. But when you get down to these steps here, it's almost like, okay, Lord, give me the wheel back. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, I got it now. Well, that's a recipe for disaster because that's me being arrogant and prideful again. And it may not look like that to me. But without taking an ongoing daily inventory of myself and having other people in my life to point some things out, maybe that it's going wrong, or without you know just simple daily Bible reading and those things that you're talking about, um, some of those simplest things keep me focused on God to where I'm not so inwardly focused. Right. Yeah. And when you when we are seeking God and have, trying to have a daily relationship with Him, our will starts lining up with His will. And our spirit starts lining up with his spirit, and he empowers us. The Holy Spirit empowers us to be humble and to to show others love and to be compassionate and all those things that where you know where we start looking more like Christ when we develop that intimate relationship with him every day. And then the last step, you know, carrying the message to others, helping others. Um, there's humility in that because you have to put yourself aside to help somebody else you you can't be thinking about yourself well i guess you can if you're trying to take a selfie and do it for the wrong reasons you know um but yeah you and the best part about helping others and and trying to help you know somebody who's struggling with addiction or hurts or habits or hang-ups or just trying to help somebody just help somebody is that it really helps you to get out of yourself and like we were talking about earlier, selfishness and self-centeredness and pridefulness and arrogance is the opposite of humility. And so when you're helping somebody, you're not you're not thinking about yourself. And that helps you stay humble and stay in the spirit of humility. Yeah, and by serving others, I believe that we really just model what we see throughout scriptures of Jesus, of being a servant. And maybe you're that type of person that would say, I don't want to have nothing to do with this Jesus guy, that, you know, um, all I hear is hellfire brimstone. Then I, you know, I don't get on this kick a lot, you know, especially during our podcast, because I know where I came from, the hurt, the resentment against God and all those things. I completely get that if one of our listeners hear that. And I know now our, our podcast is being heard on a lot of different platforms and I would encourage anybody who's got that ideal of this hellfire brimstone God to email us because I would love to talk to you. Mm-hmm. If, I mean, and even if you want to prove me wrong with it, because what I heard then was a lot of religious people telling mm-hmm. me things about God. And as I've looked through Scripture, I've seen a loving God that, that wanted to serve and to be about spreading hope to the world. That's what I found, and that's what I found in my recovery. And when I see humility, I see someone in the picture of Jesus who were willing to wash someone's feet, mm-hmm. you know. And and that is humility to me of being able to say that I, you know, Jesus was much bigger than any of us. You know, I mean, he was God, but willing to get down and wash the feet of his disciples. That ain't what you hear a lot about when you hear Jesus's name. You you hear. You know, from where I came from, it was more about you're going to go to hell, you know, for for all these character defects that you've got that you're talking about. 
And when I began to see those things differently, it showed me what humility was supposed to look like. And I don't have it 100%, but I see it differently now than I did when I first started my recovery. And um, so I don't know. I just throw that out there because – that was a huge obstacle in my recovery when someone threw that third step at me and you talked about this whole Jesus thing. And I was like, I, I can't do it. And all those things that went went along with it today, I see it completely different. So I've seen both sides of it. And if, if anyone struggles with that, I would be, lo- I would love to sit down and talk to you. So soberholic podcast at gmail.com. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, with humility, you know, just being teachable, um, I think it's so important. And if you're listening and you're like, you know, I don't know, I don't, I'm not really buying into this whole humility thing. Well, maybe ask yourself, is there something I'm struggling with? Do I have a hurt habit or hang up that, that I'm struggling with? The answer is probably yes. Cause everybody struggles with something and, uh, you know, pray and ask God to reveal that to you. If you, if you're not sure what it is, but then just admitting that, hey, I, I have this problem. That's a good place to start with with being humble enough to try to work on, on those problems and work on those struggles. I think that's a great place to start is just admitting that you do have a problem and that you do struggle with something. That's it, man. Yeah. Well, Still I, not humble. No, 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 but I'll tell you. Are you more humble? I, I believe <laughs> for me personally, this is the best episode we've ever done. It's done more for me yeah. than any of the other ones. Yeah, I had no idea that humility was such a key part in every single step. Right. Like it can't be like it can't be done without it. Yeah. Which I never saw that before. So I learned I, something. I can, well, I, <laughs> I'm always learning and I hope I continue to always learn. Um I'm just a good old boy from Alabama, <laughs> and um, one day I, I just hope to be a little smarter than I am today. A good A good That's it. <laughs> All right, man. Uh, I'm a good I'm over here with Jason, and I guess that's another show in the book, so we will see you next week. All right. Bye, y'all. Thanks for listening to Soberholic with Roger and Jason. If you like the show and want to know more, check out SoberholicPodcast.com. Please remember to leave us a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. See you next week, Soberholics.